On July 26, 2023, Sinead O'Connor, the outspoken Irish singer best known for her trademark shaved head and her 1990 smash hit, Nothing Compares to You, died at the age of 56. The precise circumstances of her death are still unclear at this time. Earlier this year, O'Connor had received an award for Classic Irish Album at the RTE Choice Music Awards and received a standing ovation as she dedicated the honor to, quote, each and every member of Ireland's refugee community. It was vintage Sinead, merging her penchant for political messaging and protest with an uncanny knack for making great music. Few can forget her moment in October 1992 at the height of her fame when the singer went on Saturday Night Live, sang an acapella version of Bob Marley's War, then stared directly into the camera during her performance and ripped up a picture of Pope John Paul II and said this. We have confidence in the victory of good over evil. Fight the real enemy. It's almost cliche now to point out the corruption and many abuses of the Catholic Church, but at the time it was hugely controversial and she was actually heavily criticized for the gesture. This was in fact nine years before Pope John Paul II ever acknowledged the sexual abuse within the church. And just a week after her infamous appearance, Joe Pesci hosted Saturday Night Live and held up a taped-together version of the Pope picture, saying, She's lucky it wasn't my show, because if it was my show, I would have given her such a smack. Even Madonna, an iconoclast in her own right, criticized the move by Sinead, and on her episode of SNL later that season, the material girl tore up a photo of Joey Buttafuoco to lampoon the incident. As of 2016, NBC still broadcasts reruns of the episode, but they used the less controversial version from dress rehearsal when O'Connor held up a photo of a refugee child rather than the photo of Pope John Paul II. For her part, O'Connor never regretted the incident and talked openly about planning it out and relishing the response. When you tore the Pope's picture up on Saturday Night Live, whose picture were you tearing up? Uh, the Pope's. I mean, what did the Pope represent to you? Interestingly, what people don't know is that, first of all, we in Ireland knew 10 years before you all did about child abuse within the Catholic Church. We had evidence. Did you know you were going to do it when you went on? Mm -hmm. So I had planned it for a couple of weeks. At the very end, I pull out the picture of the Pope and tear it up. Silence. Threw it at the camera. Silence. She later reflected on it in 2021, saying, everyone wants a pop star, see? But I am a protest singer. I just had stuff to get off my chest. I had no desire for fame. And unlike the faux modesty of some celebrities, I think she actually meant it. And to be clear, the incident absolutely changed the trajectory of her career forever. Although she would ultimately release 10 studio albums, including several that went gold, and even wrote a memoir called Rememberings in 2021 that was a bestseller, she never really fully recovered from this incident. But she never changed her vociferous opposition to the Catholic Church and passionate activism on behalf of the causes that mattered most to her, including child abuse, human rights, anti-racism, and women's rights. 
During the last decade or so, however, she also struggled with her mental health, having been diagnosed with bipolar disorder, complex post-traumatic stress disorder, and borderline personality disorder. And this undoubtedly led to many of her messages becoming more muddled and less coherent as she battled those demons. She also dealt with more than her fair share of personal trauma during her life. She alleged she'd been the victim of abusive parents herself. She attempted suicide on several occasions, including on her 33rd birthday in 1999. She married and divorced four times. And in January 2022, she lost her 17-year-old son Shane to suicide. She remained, however, a fascinating figure to this day. Talented, polarizing, complicated, and uncompromising until the end. And those are just some of the reasons why we thought she deserved a very special episode of this podcast. I'm Derek Kaufman. I'm Eric Colley. And this is Last Days, Sinead O'Connor. So, Eric, I wanted to uh, have you on the podcast for obvious reasons. We had you here when Tina Turner passed. You are the resident music expert of TMZ and no better person to opine on what Sinead O'Connor meant in the music industry itself. We'll start there and then we'll sort of broaden the discussion into what she meant more broadly as, as a pop culture figure. She was a much bigger figure, I think, than she got credit for. I think a lot of people maybe dismissed her as a one hit wonder. And technically she was. Sure. Nothing compares to you, obviously, was her one big pop moment. But the thing you have to understand is that Sinead O'Connor was never designed to be a pop star. The same way Jimi Hendrix and the Grateful Dead and Public Enemy only had one top 40 hit because they weren't pop stars. Yeah. And Sinead O'Connor made very pop adjacent music, but she was always from the beginning of her career about pushing you know, the boundaries artistically of what she could say and what she could do. And those are not the kind of people who rack up airplay hits. Are you ready to shop? Ragaton's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including Ray-Ban, Good American, and Ulta. Ragaton is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals. During Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th, the cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for apparel and electronics, and you can save on everything you need for the summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of Big Give Week's 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Just go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Yeah, it's interesting. So so her biggest song is obviously Nothing Compares to You, which is a cover of a Prince penned song. Right. Prince, Prince wrote obviously it, uh, penned a lot of music. He this, wrote it for his side group, The Family, in 1985. And they have a recording of it as well. It right. is nowhere near as well known as Sinead no. O'Connor's version. What's interesting to me is it, it's, a, it's a beautiful song. It stands up. We played it at the top of the podcast, but it's sort of a torch song, like a ballad of, of love lost. And really, Sinead O'Connor positioned herself as a protest singer. That's how she saw herself. She was all about activism throughout her career. And I think a lot of people wanted to make her a pop star when they heard that song because she's beautiful. She shaved her head. She had such a, a distinct look. But she always rejected that she image. She did. Well, you know, that's why she had the shaved head. When she got signed as a teenager in Ireland, the, the owner of her first record label told her to grow her hair out longer so she could be more beautiful and be a pop star. And so she shaved her hair off because she was like, screw you, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. That was her attitude her entire life. And Nothing Compares to You was sort of a fluke. It was just sort of this song that her manager at the time, who she was like parting ways with, they, they 
you know, suggested that she do this song. And she did it not thinking it was going to be what it became. But it's one of those songs that just, you know, when you and I were old enough to be listening to music in 1990 when that song came out, it would just stop you in your tracks. It did. It was like nothing else on the radio, like nothing on MTV. The video was so unconventional. It was just mostly her face, very close up. A close up shot of her stark face with the shaved head. And And those haunting, beautiful eyes. And then that one tear rolls down towards the end, which they said was not part not originally part of the video. That just happened spontaneously because she was so overcome. And it, it felt genuine. It felt real. It sounded like nothing else. It still sounds like nothing else, really. It's it's incredible. She was so talented. I think if you came to learn who Sinead O'Connor was later in the 2010s when she was sort of a figure that was quite troubled. She had a lot of mental health issues. She had a lot of trauma in her life. She was very, very outspoken, always was outspoken. But I came to learn about her with that voice. I mean, it's almost an acapella performance. And and on SNL, that was an acapella performance. She had an incredible voice that is sort of clouded by some of the troubles that she went through later in her career. But it's a good reminder, obviously, her passing at, at 56 at such a young age that she was once this very, very bright rising star, but it never seemed to be what she wanted. She wanted to see herself as an activist. And she did it at every turn. I mean, to go on SNL and rip up a picture of the Pope, you remember this moment. It, it, oh, yeah. It, it blotted out the sun. The reason I pointed to Joe Pesci coming out a week later, who is a proud Italian Catholic, that was intentional. He went out there and you had to talk about it. This is the days of monoculture when everyone was right. talking about a single incident. Joe Pesci had to address it. So he brought out the taped up picture. Then Madonna, who is always looking to jump on a trend, had to lampoon it with the Joey Botafuco picture that she ripped up. And then she had some choice words for Sinead O'Connor. She said, look, there's better ways to bring up these protests. And to her credit, Sinead O'Connor always said, you know, how dare you, Madonna, try to rip down someone who is uh, anti uh, sort of the man. This is who you're supposed to be. This is quite disappointing to hear you come out against me. And the thing is, as you said, this was in 1992 when she ripped up that picture. It was almost a decade before all the stories came out that we knew about of the, the child abuse in the Catholic Church. History has vindicated Sinead to a large degree. Huge she, extent. She was not wrong in what she was protesting. She was like, this is for to stop children from being abused. Who's against that? It, it, it's unbelievable the extent to which she's been vindicated. We have movies like Spotlight, which are Academy Award nominated. Now it's everyone has sort of jumped on that bandwagon. She was way ahead of, well, ahead do you of remember, schedule. Do you remember her first big controversy? The, the tearing up the Pope photo was not the first time that her image as this like amazing singer started to be tarnished. Very shortly after Nothing Compares to You, she was performing in New Jersey and she prohibited the national anthem uh, from being played before her concert. Then, you know, Frank Sinatra came out and threatened to like smack her around the same as Joe Pesci. Again, kind of proving her point. But that that predated Colin Kaepernick's kneeling by decades, by decades. And it's important to say, like, you're right. Sinatra said that Pesci said that these guys were sort of applauded for, like, sort of putting her in her place. And these are these old school guys who are like, hey, you know, these broads need to know their place. I kind smacked of thing. her around. I smacked her. And those were applause lines. This was a very different point in time. But Sinead was very, very true to her convictions. And she was steadfast. I, I remember when she went on that Dr. Phil interview and she said, yeah, I remember that incident. And I don't see it any differently. I've been vindicated. She relatively is when she's describing this, she's got a smile from ear to ear because it had exactly the impact that she was hoping for. When she ripped up that picture, it didn't go over with a thud. You could hear a pin drop in that studio because it was momentous. And the audience had no idea it was coming. Lauren Michaels had no idea that was coming. They had not done that in dress rehearsal. So everybody was just like, that's the thing. The silence, it's people being stunned. And how often do you really see that anymore where people are like, 
are, are speechless. Yeah. They, like, I, what, what just happened? And what do we say? What do we do? Yeah, Madonna, the queen of shock value, was even so shocked that she was like, ah, oh, this might have gone a little too yeah. far. This is Madonna who would release sex books and so forth. I want to talk about, uh, you know, obviously Prince penned her most famous cover, this Nothing Compares to You. What was their relationship like? Because he is another person who is quite prickly um, and a genius in his own right. And this was a song that, you know, he wrote and made her career. So you of would course. think she might be quite grateful. How did they interact? That that there's there's a lot of debate on this. So after that song had been a huge hit, she had dinner at his house. And that's about the only thing anybody can agree on. Yeah. <laughs> is that she came to his house. She came out later and said that, you know, she'd always loved and admired Prince. And then at the dinner that night that he was very strange toward her and laughed at her when she started crying because he lorded over her that he was a man and that she was beneath him that they had a pillow fight, that he put something else in the pillowcase and beat her with it, chased her down the driveway. It's like a very dark Chappelle show skit. Kind of. Yeah, and then over strange. the years, as she told that story, it kept evolving. And at one point, she said that literally his eyes turned red and he levitated off the ground because he'd become, become demonic and was possessed by a demonic spirit. For Prince's part, he was just like, what? <laughs> He's like, we had dinner. I thought it was nice. Nothing happened. And obviously, you know, Full disclosure, I'm a huge Prince fan. I'm kind of biased toward him. But the idea that he would be misogynistic toward her because he's a man and she's a woman and she took his song. Prince always wrote songs for other women. Yeah. You know, his whole career, like Manic Monday, Glamorous Life, Sugar Walls, uh, I Feel For You. He loved writing songs for women. Sure. So it doesn't track that he suddenly would be like, Haha, woman, I'm a man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that particular saga, the the relationship with Prince is a good segue to, you know, who Sinead O'Connor became as a pop figure later in her life. I mean, to most people in our office, uh, she was a figure who you would see on TMZ saying outlandish things. You know, she, she changed her name twice to... Um, sort of, I think she became Muslim. She, became, and she, she converted to Islam. She converted. She would say that white people are disgusting. Uh, it's 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 gross to be anything other than Muslim. She was a provocateur till, till the end. And really that mingled with a lot of real uh, heartache in her life. You know, her son committed suicide in January of 2022. And a mother losing her son to suicide, regardless of your views on Sinead O'Connor, it's not something you sort of ever sort of fully get over. And she really wrestled with it until the end. You know, some of the tweets just before her death were about her living as an undead sort of zombie, didn't really sort of feel like herself wandering through the world without her son, who she felt like was the other half of her soul. So very, very troubled, well, very, very sad. That the tragedy was a, kind of a, a through line in her life. She uh, claimed that she grew up in an abusive household with her parents. Uh, they sent her away to a Catholic boarding school. While she was there, when she was 18, her mother died in a car crash. And that was something that deeply traumatized her. So her whole life was just tragedy and abuse. And also, whether you always believe everything she said or not, she did have mental illness. Yeah. And there's a sadness to that, that sometimes it seemed like she had more of a handle on it. Sometimes it seemed like it overwhelmed her. And that's why I think also, as you said in the intro, it sort of muddied a little bit her points. Because sometimes you're like, is this a real valid point she has? Or is this something that she's concocted in her mind? And is it just to get attention? Does she think this is reality? Or is it reality? Yeah. Like the, the thing with the Pope. That turned out to be true. She was right about that. That's right. But it's hard. Her, her legacy is very complicated. The stories with Prince, you, it's sometimes difficult to locate the objective truth in the Sinead O'Connor sort of right. ramblings that went on later in her life. 
you know, it's what what I find, I want to put a sort of a final note on her. You know, maybe she seems like a flashpoint in, in terms of American pop culture, but in Ireland, she was a massive figure. And this is not a, a very small country. You know, Conor McGregor is a massive global superstar. He adored Sinead O'Connor. He had her belt out his songs for his walkout music. And when she passed, he tweeted that she was an international star and an Irish treasure. He said she was an iconic voice and one of our absolute finest by a long shot. And I thought it was sort of a fitting tribute because it was very easy later in Sinead's life for all of the trauma and and the outlandish things she said without her music career behind her to sort of cloud her legacy. And I, I thought it was nice that Conor McGregor, maybe not your best fan to have, also, <laughs> also has a provocateur a and a provocateur. Yeah. But I, I did want to give her her due that she was a much more important musical figure than I think she's remembered she was. for. I think history will be very kind to her. I think the things that maybe were you know, off-putting about her to people, people will take in, in the context of mental illness and in her issues. And if absolutely nothing else, if, if, if she does only wind up being remembered for Nothing Compares to You, that is full stop one of the greatest pop songs of all time. It, it still can stop you in your tracks when you hear it. It's a beautiful, heartfelt song, and it always will be, and I think it will always be appreciated. 